Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast. If you are under 18 years of age, stop the podcast now. This is episode 193 of our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the Kinky Cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. Today, we bring you Shiloh McCabe, photographer and activist. Here's your host, The Beast. Thank you, Max. We're here with another edition of the Kinky Cast, and we're out on the left coast in the Bay Area today with Shiloh McCabe. Hi. Hi, thanks for having me. We're glad you could be here. I've ran across your work recently in researching another project, and I was blown away. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Everybody has a box that we've identified that we work in, and what's yours? I would say, or, or how I've often referred to myself, is a queer, sex-positive feminist photographer and crafter. Okay. Sounds like my, my kind of girl. <laughs> what I ran across of yours was the Sex Positive Photo Project, which was an amazing group of images. Oh, thank you. What was the inspiration, the spark for that project? That project, uh, there was a particular photo shoot uh, that I did with someone, and uh, it was a one-on-one shoot like a million other photo shoots I had done, but there was something very special about this person and this moment. And that shoot and that person sort of was the muse that created the Sex Positive Photo Project. As soon as I left that shoot, I sort of saw it all laid out in my mind. And of course, I pictured it as as like a book, a coffee table book, because as a photographer, I always wanted to make one of those. But what it became was this uh, this blog where I could put together my work that I was doing, documenting the local sex positive and kink communities in and around San Francisco, and also include interviews and writings from my friends. I wanted somehow to just document uh, the vibrance of this community and the, the art that I was creating because of it. And unlike a book, which is a static, once printed, it's there. (laughs) This is a very live and dynamic project, constantly evolving. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's been dormant for a few years now, but it was, uh, for a long time, very active. And, um, we got a decent amount of hits too, but that's probably the nature of my photography, uh, was drawing folks in. You're not doing porn by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a very sensual and personal imagery that you're creating. I like to call it docurotic. At heart, I'm a documentary photographer. And when I moved to the Bay Area in 2000, I started photographing, you know, the people around me, the people I met. Uh, they were in the kink community. Um, and I would meet with them and bring that documentary photographer's eye to maybe photographing them having uh, a scene with a partner or, you know, I realized that what I was doing was capturing and documenting the energy between people or the energy between 
the person in front of the camera and myself, like capturing these genuine, sincere moments of energy. So in that way, I mean, the images are of erotic content most of the time, but they're very much documentary images. And in that that spirit, they're not created or pre-visualized. It's about that moment that we're having when the picture's taken. And your background, are you a trained photojournalist or? I attended the California College of Arts and Crafts, uh, which has since changed their name. They dropped the crafts. But I did, uh, I got my Bachelor of Fine Arts in photography from there. Before that, I had studied a variety of studio arts, including figure drawing. So I have a long art background. So you're an artist. Mm-hmm. And how did you become a kinkster? Because obviously you <laughs> must have come into contact with these people in your community. So you must mm-hmm. identify as one of us. <laughs> you know, it wasn't until I moved to the San Francisco area that I actually started to have some sense of the community that was out there, the leather community, as well as the kink community, and uh, actually start to meet people face to face. And I first entered the local community, I would say, as an artist. I mean, showing a lot of this work, you know, that's here on the website, meeting up with people and photographing them. And that's just, it's like word of mouth. It's how you get to know people they suggest someone else who might like to pose for you. And next thing you know, I mean, there's just this beautiful, rich, vibrant community around me. And I'm I'm blessed to be a part of it. So where did you grow up at? I grew up all over, actually, mostly Southwest. I'm a Colorado kid at heart. That's where I was born. But I spent a lot of time in South Texas. And uh, most of my time has been in California. A lovely state. Now, this project, uh, it's, it's dormant now, but it's still available on the web. And it is. And what's that website thing you do? You can, uh, get to it through my portfolio site, which is shilohmccabe.com. There's a link to it from there. And, uh, also you can get directly to it by going to the sexpositivephotoproject.com. And these people that uh, photographed, tell some of the stories that you came in contact with as this evolved, because there must be some really interesting stories behind these photos. Yeah, you know, for years and years and years, I mean, I've been doing photography since I was 17. uh, I just photographed my friends. Literally, if you became my friend, it would not be very long until we were you know, ending up in some kind of photo shoot together. But when I uh, did the the photo project called I Masturbate in uh, 2011, that was when I first branched out and started meeting people and photographing them, like sometimes the same day, <laughs> you know, going into these intimate situations with people that I had just met. Um, and so that, that provided... I mean, it was an amazing learning experience. It was an incredible social experiment. But we had, I mean, from that shoot, so what we did was we photographed someone. We launched on the Sex Positive Photo Project an image each day for the month of May because May is National Masturbation Month. And uh, each day would be an image of someone or someones 
sometimes there's more than one person in an image, masturbating. And each image is accompanied with a statement that begins with the words, I masturbate. And then they could fill out whatever they wanted to say. Sometimes it was personal. Sometimes it was funny. And the images were designed to go hand in hand. The models in each image picked and approved the final image that we show because I always give final photo approval to the people in the images. Um, that's how I help them, you know, retain a sense of trust because they know I'm going to use stuff that they feel comfortable with. So through this process, the wildest thing was probably the person who had me meet with them in their somatic sex therapist's office. I think that was her title. Um, a hands-on kind of sex therapist. And a couple times during the shoot, we would pause so that she could have a moment to work with her patient. And, and then we would continue. And this was an example of the photo shoot being part of a healing process for someone who was in it. He very much was trying to reclaim, you know, a sense of himself and a comfortability in his body and, and that type of work. And through this process, it really meant a lot to him. And it was a first time for me. <laughs> uh, th this must have been an incredibly personal experiences that you had. I'm looking at some of the photos and some of them are very intimate, very casual, like the, like the, uh, subjects have totally forgotten you were there. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, uh, in other situations, because I use a single lens reflex digital camera, it makes an audible click when you take the image. So it's just like you might picture that sort of click, click, click sound. Some people who posed for the project found themselves being encouraged and, and sort of spurred along by the sound of the shutter. And they said that when they could hear me like taking lots of photos kind of quickly, they would sort of feed off of that energy and feel like, you know, they were doing something that was really worthy of taking a picture of. There was sort of a little feedback loop uh, for some folks. Others were shy the whole time and, you know, didn't come out of the covers. Um, you know, some of the images are, are completely G-rated um, and others are completely explicit. It just had to do with what happened with that particular person. And I've, I'm looking at the uh, website now, and all ages, colors, genders, uh, orientations, everybody's represented here. It was extremely important to me that I, at the time, what I was referring to it as was a radical inclusivity. But it was extremely important to me that I represent the underrepresented. It's always been apparent to me that... When you don't see images out in the world of people who look like you, it's possible to internalize that feeling of I'm not worthy of representation. This is why representation matters so much when it comes to popular culture and mainstream stuff, because when you don't see someone like you out there, that you internalize a feeling around that. And it's always been important to me to intentionally try to represent underrepresented people. And I am seeing this in your photos of all sizes, uh, textures. I don't see a single supermodel in here. 
Well, and one of my images, which is one that I'm the most proud of, um, well, not the most proud of, I don't want the other images to get jealous, but an image that I'm very proud of is of a fat woman who is standing in the shower and she is lifting up her, her belly apron in order to get to her genital area. And the number of people who wrote to me, who called me, who reached out about how significant that was, that particular image, not only was it, hey, I have to do that to my own body if I want to touch myself in that way. This is the kind of thing you don't see represented. Even if you see a large bodied person, often they're posed in a very particular way so they look right for the camera. And this is someone who's just being real and in the moment. And that image was actually in a show at the Kinsey Institute's gallery. Wow. And afterwards, they asked me if I would like to donate it to the collection. And so it means so much to me that that particular image is preserved in the Kinsey collection. And I'm looking at the image, and I don't see anything but her face. It's her face that draws my attention. Mm -hmm. Because we captured that energy, you're drawn to that feeling, that energy coming off of her. This project's not the only project you've got going on. <laughs> I'm looking at the Bay Area Women of Color. That's a powerful project also. And <laughs> in today's uh, culture, more and more important than ever. I see crossover be between these collections, too. Absolutely. Uh, the Bay Area Women of Color photo project was actually, it was a project started by Ms. Hart, who was a Bay Area person in the community. And it was the first thing I worked on outside of art school. And she wanted to create a series of images that showcased women of color in erotic and kink and fetish images for that very reason I talked about, because it's important to have representation. She felt like a lot of women didn't feel welcome in the community because they never saw images of people like themselves. And she was such an inspiration to me and really helped to shape my vision moving forward. And I was honored to be uh, the first woman photographer that she brought on the team. I mean, so many wonderful people, including Crystal A.M. Nelson, who's a wonderful photographer and curator, and lots of other folks. That project has been really pivotal. People keep coming back to it. Every now and then, uh, people doing research will come across it. And that was a really significant project in a lot of ways. And I think the Sex Positive Photo Project probably was influenced by that as well. Because it really opened up my whole way of seeing and thinking about images. And I'm looking now at the docurotic portion, and there's some incredibly powerful images. And they're a different take. They're a bit more um, stylized in this, in this collection. <laughs> you know, I was a film photographer forever. I didn't come to digital photography until, like, I had to because... It just became too expensive to do film anymore. So back when I did film, I exclusively shot in black and white. I shot in high grainy, high contrast T-Max film. And, and my work had a little bit of a different look to it back then. 
and a little more stylized. There's some abstractions that I did. Things changed a lot when I went digital, but I think it more or less still looks like me. Yeah, it's still you, but there's a difference. Film is so juicy. Film grain versus pixels. I mean, it wins every time. Every time. <laughs> I'm an old Nikon shooter from the film days, and I didn't go to digital until, like you, I couldn't afford film no more. Yep. It just became too easy to do digital. <laughs> it's, it's terribly easy to drop a couple hundred dollars on film and processing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I pay for my cameras in a couple of months in savings. Yep. And what's next for Shallow? You know, for the past, oh gosh, four years now, I've been the staff photographer and the photo team lead for International Miss Leather which is held in San Jose here uh, every year. And uh, I'm still doing that. I'm looking forward to year five next year because it's really incredible to be part of a team. It's the only event I photograph because I'm not an event photographer <laughs> in general. Oh, you know, I tend aren't to do you glad? Event photographers. Oh, I have been there. <laughs> right. But Imsel's different. Imsel's magical. And it's, I love, I love working Imsel. I'm going to be doing that. And I'm actually about to launch my next photo project, which I'll keep slightly secretive, but it's going to have something to do with the hanky code. Ah, something to do with the hanky code. And that leads yeah. us into what you're already doing with the hanky code, though. <laughs> It's that little appendix on the end of your description, crafter. <laughs> and you yes, have come up is. with a very novel way for women to flag. That's right. Um, so I'm the founder of kinkycraftstudio.com. And I created years ago. I've been doing this for a while now, too. Hanky flowers. So, you know, hankies are traditionally worn in your back pocket, right or left. What are you into? Well, what if you don't have pockets because you're wearing a skirt? What are you supposed to do? Now, of course, you can tuck it in your boot. I mean, there's a million things you could do. However, I took mine and I made it into a flower and put it in my hair. I wore it to a party and the femmes pounced on me and it was over. And I found out that this is a femme dilemma. What to do with the hanky? And so I make hanky flowers, among other things now, but it all started with the hanky flower. We femmed the hanky code. And how do you flag? <laughs> uh, I flag lots of different things, and I'm happy to tell them to someone over coffee. Ah, so you're a <laughs> rainbow girl with many interests. <laughs> yes, but not rainbow. Not rainbow that's flag. that's a very specific that's flag. That's a very specific flag, true. <laughs> true. I know that some of our listeners are going to be curious about the flowers. So do you have the website for that? I do. Uh, it's kinkycraftstudio.com. And no one should despair if you go there and it says the shop's on vacation because I'm a one-woman business. And I close it a few months out of the year from time to time so I can catch up on orders. But people can contact me through there. And kinkycraft, K-I-N-K-Y-C-R-A-F-T. Uh, is also on Facebook. People can can find it there. It's a page. Okay. Listeners, you can check the links page. It will go up with the meatball for this story, and we'll have all those links there too. 
so you can find them. But we want to give them to you so you are aware that they exist. Shiloh, it's been a great pleasure speaking with you. Oh, thank you. It was such a lovely conversation. Well, that's the way we try to do it here at the Kinky Cast. <laughs> thank you. If you ever get out towards Tennessee, please drop in on us. I will. I'm trying to explore more of the country. I got, I got to get out of the West occasionally. <laughs> yes, it is different. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> Thank you, Shiloh. Listeners, we've been talking to Shiloh McCabe with the Sex Positive Photo Project and other things. Be sure to check out the links. Thank you. You have been listening to episode 193 of the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max. See you next week when we visit with Mistress Cyan on the Pro Dom Scene in LA.